We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, Notre Dame fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Sunday night, and so, of course, that means it is upon further review. And with me, as always, is my buddy, Coach Brian Driscoll. And we have spent the day. Most of the day, yeah. I was going to say most of the day, because when the day started, we were still doing a show from last night. That's uh, right. But, but we did right. We did get a little bit of shut-eye. I coached some girls basketball, and then we broke down some film about you know, can I just say that this was clearly the most joyous film to break down of yes. the year? Uh, that was, yes. it was a, a, a skosh easier than the Marshall film and the Stanford film and frankly, every other film that we got to break down this year. So mm-hmm. um, I just sat back and enjoyed it, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. It, w- it was like watching your favorite movie again, like watching Top Gun or something. I was just like, oh, I remember that play. You know, like yep. it was, it was, it was a joy to watch. And I will say, as scary as that sounds, some of it was better than what it was when I watched it in person. And yeah. that's hard to believe, frankly, Brian. And yeah. uh, but it was great, and it was it was a good watch. Uh, definitely saw some things I didn't see the first time around, which is why we do this in the first place. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts, and then we'll just kind of dive right in. Well, of course, we're going to do offense first because that's what we do, and then we'll yeah. we'll talk defense and everything else. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
You know, Vince, I think when when I when the first thing I want to start off with offense is, is I think a big shout out needs to be given to the Notre Dame wide receivers from yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot made of their lack of production and their lack of production has a lot more to do with the quarterback situation and just the, the way this team is running the football and just not having a lot of confidence in the quarterback to, sure. to go out there and consistently make plays down the field. And we saw a little bit of that yesterday. You know, Drew played gritty, he played tough. Yeah, he made some yeah. clutch plays, but there was there's still a lot of missed opportunities, which we'll get into a little bit later in the show. But they knew going into this game that they weren't going to get a ton of opportunities. Now, what I was told by a couple sources is that during the week of practice, there was the anticipation that they were going to throw the football on a little bit on Saturday. Not like a ton, but they, it was going to be a part yeah. of their game plan. They sure. wanted to tack down the field because Clemson's very weak in the secondary. But once you got to game day and the wind was what it you know what it was, that just was they knew it was going to be part of it. And they went out knowing they weren't going to be part of the the, the, the game plan, and they blocked their butts off oh, in this game. Jaden Thomas blocked his butt yeah. off. I thought that Tobias Merriweather blocked his butt off. I thought Braden Lindsay blocked his butt off. On the play where Michael Mayer got flipped upside down, Tobias Merriweather drove his dude into the end zone mm-hmm. on a block. This is a 185-pound freshman, right? Drove his dude into the end zone. Yeah. And I also thought that there was, you know, Ryan and I were talking about this earlier. There was four, because I, like, I have a theory, and this is not at all meant to be a shot at Drew Pine, because who knows, it could be Drew Pine that becomes that guy. But if Notre Dame just had good quarterback play right now, not, man, if they just had C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Hendon Hooker, if they just had that guy, no, I'm not talking about that. If they just had a good quarterback, they would destroy people they would have beat Clemson yeah. by 40 last night because there was a lot of opportunities there was a particular I mean Clemson just lined up in zero or one the whole, cover zero or cover one cover zero is when there's no literally it's man across yeah. it's just everybody's in man they're going to put seven eight guys in the box depending on how many receivers they think Notre Dame's going to put out cover one is man across and single high safety I mean there was just plays where they were daring Notre Dame to throw the football and in a lot of those plays, Vince, Notre Dame's guys were getting open. There was yeah. Jaden Thomas got open in the seam a couple times. Tobias Merriweather on one particular play had a corner on him, and he was playing cover. He was playing man, but he was a little bit off. And Tobias just ran, just torched him. <laughs> and all it would have taken was a three-step drop and let that sucker go and just never looked at him. You know, I mean, that's just that's just where they are right now. And that's got to get better, right? By the sure. time they play USC, it's going to have to get better. But – Right. You know, the thing is, Drew avoided the, the big mistakes, and that was the good thing. But even with those guys not getting targets and not getting the football, it did not affect the other part of their game. And Coach Freeman had said, I can't remember if it was post-game or if it was during one of his meetings during the week. I think it was post-game, Vince, where he said, you know what? It, this was a game of everybody doing what they were asked to do to help us win this football game. And I think the receivers, no group better epitomizes that than the Whiteouts because – they were not being allowed to do the thing that wideouts are supposed to do more than anything else, which is catch the football and, sure. and be targets. And they played their butts off. Vince. They owned their role for Saturday, and I guarantee you that they didn't like it, meaning they want the football. Of course but, they do. hey, if this is what we got to do to win, bet we got that. It says a lot about their faith in Chancey Stuckey. Mm-hmm. It says a lot about their faith in Marcus Freeman. And, and it says a lot about – you know, their ability to go out and make plays. And again, I would like to see more RPOs. I'd like to see a lot of other things, but sure. that's not, we've talked enough about that, that just add that into every breakdown. I don't want to keep repeating myself, 
But for what they were asked to do, Vince, I thought they played at an incredibly high level in the run game. Blocked well, and, they, off. and that played a big role in the success the running backs had on Saturday. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Because whenever a running back would bounce one or one a, a play was meant to go outside, they had blocking in front of them. They weren't having to make guys miss at the line of scrimmage or, or you know, five yards down the field. I mean, they there was plenty of opportunities on the outside. And, you know, one play in particular when, you know, Drew Pine ended up scrambling for that 10-yard gain. Jaden Thomas was on the side that he scrambled to and he was going out mm-hmm. on a route and he turned back to look for the football and he saw that Drew Pine was scrambling and he immediately locked onto his guy and just stalk blocked the crap out mm-hmm. of that guy mm-hmm. and allowed Drew Pine to get that 10 yard gain. If it wasn't for Jaden Thomas, that's not a 10 yard gain. Notre Dame right. doesn't get a first down and they're not moving the chains. Right. You know, right. and that's just a microcosm of what the wide receivers were doing because you're absolutely right. And I will also say, I'll throw the tight ends in there from a in space situation because we'll we'll probably talk more about tight ends when we talk about the offensive line. But in space, I thought the tight ends did a pretty good job blocking in space too. I mean, they were asked to be attached. I think a little more often than not in this past game, but when they were in space, they did a good job of just breaking down, getting in the way blocking guys where they needed to block guys and the blocking was just really good and and that's the thing about blocking and I think people understand this but I'm going to say it anyway blocking is like 80% effort 20% you know uh fundamentals and 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 things like that like you have to want to be able to block somebody and you know we've all seen what it looks like when wide receivers don't want to block and we, we've all seen what it looks like when a running back doesn't want to block for another running back or you know, whatever, fill in the blank, right? We've seen what that looks like. I didn't see that yesterday from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It was a group effort. It was a, hey, this is what's going to win us this game. We're going to beat a top four team by blocking our butts off. And that's what they did. And the whole team feasted off of each other on that. And I, that's, that's what a team is. And, yep. and I know that sounds corny. But that's what a team is, and you feed it's off true. each other on that kind of stuff. Especially style. in football, Vince. Especially yes. in football. 100%. There's no doubt. Yeah. Let's dive into the run game a little bit specifically, Vince, and and, and talk about some of the things that we liked and, and some of the things that just really fueled what they did yesterday. And, and again, reason we wanted to start off with the receivers, because it truly was a group effort. Mm-hmm. Even things like Drew Pine pulling the ball in you know, the red zone and and getting into the, you know, getting into the end zone on the read zone, I, something that they I were not expecting. I wasn't expecting I didn't know we had it. the ball. I didn't either. I, I was watching Chris Tyree. I'm like, oh, they yeah. ran Tyree up the middle again. Okay, whatever. Like, We're going to live and see another down. Chris Ty- I was like, why is Chris Tyree stopping running? Yeah. He stopped and running. He turned around. What? He stopped running right? and turned around. What's he looking at? <laughs> and why aren't they tackling him? I know. You know what I mean? Like, I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, oh, Drew scoring. Okay, got it. <laughs> right. And that why are they celebrating thing. right now? Chris got tackled four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, my gosh. But it really was a group effort, and and I want to begin with you know this is meant to be an in-depth type of conversation of and i and i gotta tell you vince there was a lot of things in this game that i really liked and 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 been very critical of tommy reese this year and and i hope that i don't have to be critical of him again i hope that this is the beginning of things getting better there were some things in the past game that he did last night that i liked we'll get into but you know run game wise vince uh, what we what we have called for right what was the thing we've said hey this is what you need to do there needs to be more diversity more creativity one of my keys to the game on uh, that i that i we did on our show on thursday that i then published on saturday before the game was you need to protect the run game 
What did that mean? And what that means is you can't just line up like they did against Syracuse and run duo all game, right? You, you just can't. It was so obvious where they were going. And what I thought against Clemson when I watched the game was like, dude, I was wrong. They just lined up and did the same thing that they really did against Syracuse, and they really didn't. It was a much more creative game plan where they did a lot of things to uh, to really give Clemson problems. And the first one formationally is they really did a nice job of mixing up the run game. Now, I didn't get through the whole game, you know, as far as I was charting and then you're breaking down plays, but I got through the first couple series of the third quarter and then they kind of got a little duo heavy late to run the clock out. They but did. even then, it wasn't completely duo. But through the first three quarters, I have Notre Dame having run inside zone eight times. And I have them running duo 11 times. And there was a lot of success there, Vince. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at inside zone, like I said, eight times. And it was eight times for 63 yards. And you know, early on, duo wasn't really getting a lot. It was three yards, three yards, four yards, 13, four, five, four, two. And then that was what they did in the first half, but they kept at it. And I think because they were doing so much inside zone, that so here's here's what was happening. And we'll we'll, we'll drop a couple plays here in a little bit. Nice. So Notre Dame ran eight duo plays in the first half and eight inside zone plays in the first half. Eight and eight. Perfect balance. They had an outside zone play. They ran power play twice. They ran G wrap once, which went for nine yards. And that was beautiful. So I enjoyed that. Here's one. here's what here's what makes that interesting. There's a couple things I noticed about it. They were running inside zone and duo from the same running backs alignments and footwork. And so duo is a play that you want to have a tight end to the call side. Right. And now what Notre Dame has been doing a lot this year is they've been they've been having a tight end. We'll line up sometimes to the call side because it's down blocks. It's double team down blocks. And you have to have somebody to protect the edge, whereas outside zone, you're stepping to the call duo. You're stepping away from the call. So if the call is right, the lineman on the right step inside. If inside zone is being run to the right, the call side lineman step to the right. Okay, so on inside zone, a lot of times you'll run it to an open side, meaning no tight end, and you have to have your tight end backside to protect the edge because you're stepping away from the edge, and that means and you're trying to cut back, you need that extra gap to protect backside. On duo, it's essentially the reverse of inside zone, essentially. It's not really. It's a different play, but like as far as where the gaps are, where the dangers are, so you have to put a tight end to that call side or figure out a way to get somebody over there. That's why Notre Dame's been doing like that backside yeah. cross action, which I don't love. They do. So they do. They love it. They do, and it hasn't been overly effective. But here's some things that they did on Saturday night. They were running inside zone and duo from the same look, and so they were going you know, against duo, tendencies. Yes, which is the key. And so yeah. for Stan, for Clemson, you know, you're, you're thinking they're going to run duo, and so you're thinking like they're going to run to this side. And next, you know, it's an inside zone, and they're just Chris Tyree's cutting it back with nobody there, mm-hmm. because based on what it's looking like, it looked like it's going to hit a different way, and based on how Notre Dame lined up, it looked like it was going to hit a different way because they were lining up with an attached tight end, not an offset tight end. Now, based on where the attached tight end was going, Vince, it was looked like they were going to run duo there, but instead they ran inside zone there, and so early on, Clemson was really flying downhill. If you, and you, you, you know, I talked about this, but Notre Dame's getting a push, but that's why 
you know, your first two inside zone carries were five and three yards. Your first three carries on duo were three, three, and four yards. But they were getting a push, but Clemson was flying downhill. And then all of a sudden, nine-yard inside zone, eight-yard inside zone, 14-yard inside zone, 10-yard inside zone, three-yard inside zone, 11-yard inside zone. And then duo goes for 13, and then back to four, five, four, two. But then in the second half, they started – they mixed up their looks – and they went 20 and 12 on your first two duo runs. If you remember, they started off that first drive backed up at the five-yard line and bounced a duo. And so I really thought the balance of the run scheme, you had a pitch play in the second half, and, and the outside zone stuff wasn't overly effective, but it made it sl- help slow Clemson down. They ran, they went empty and ran a little art, like just a little now screen to Chris Tyree. They did a couple things like that that I thought Vince really helped them uh, really, it just slowed Clemson down where Clemson yeah. could no longer just fly downhill like they were in the first half. Right. So I thought, I thought that was really fascinating Vince. And I thought that played a big role. Go ahead. If you want to interject, feel free, go, go for no, it. I, I, and I think that the going against the tendency thing is really what, because we talked about, you know, Tommy Reese's game plan and the plays that he was calling and all of that. And I think once you dive in a little bit deeper, it was actually better than I thought because of the points that you're making right now. You and I would sit up in the booth basically predicting each run play pretty mm-hmm. much the whole year, right? right? And pretty much since Tommy Reese has been offensive coordinator, if I mean if I'm being serious. So yeah. but that wasn't the case in this particular game. He went against his tendencies. Mm-hmm. And so that takes self-scouting. So like they scouted themselves and they realized, okay, when we line up like this, we're doing this and defenses clearly know it. So we're going to line up mm-hmm. like this and we're going to do the complete opposite. And it, and it showed that's why they mm-hmm. were able to bounce so many of these runs. I shouldn't say bounce. That's why they were able to gain so much yards on these runs because right. teams uh, Clemson specifically was going with the tendency and they were crashing to one side and they were going the other way. And it was like, yeah. there's nobody over here. I mean, and that is that's game planning, man. And that and that right. is go, like I said, going against what you normally do had Clemson just guessing. And they and yeah. more often than not, they were it guessing. Slowed them down. Yes. Exactly. Here's another thing they did, Vince, and this is what I want to show. Another thing they did is they created extra gaps. And I thought that was really fascinating, like really creative. So I want to pull this up and show this. This is an example here of what I'm talking about. So this is a, a run that Notre Dame ran. That This was a run that bounced. This was Logan Digg. This is a run that bounced. I'm going to show two different versions of this play. So as you can see here, because I want you to see the box. Look at this. <laughs> Ten dudes right there in the box. Yeah. Right? So what Notre Dame is saying, well, look, it's windy. We're not going to really be able to throw the ball the way we want to. So we got to figure some stuff out. So normally, so here's the center. Normally you have the one tight end but they put both tight ends there and then they brought a receiver down here on the edge. Right. So that was because he's attached. (laughs) That's right. Sorry. That's right. Um, (laughs) So I know, right. Sorry, Greg McElroy. Hate to break it to you. but uh, You couldn't help it. I know. I don't know who's a worst play by play guy, Greg McElroy, the Robert Griffin, the third, they're both pretty bad. So here's, here's the tight copy of this Vince. Cause I want to, I want to get to this play next. So here's that same copy. Right. So you've obviously got here's the center. Okay. So the center's there. You've got an inside shade here, three technique there. Obviously, this guy's in here. 
you have a stack backer, stack backer, safety in the box. You can see how loaded this box is, right? Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Notre Dame didn't necessarily block this play super well, okay? They blocked it okay, but they didn't block it super well. So you had a nice double team here. You're going to get a double team here. They're going to work back, and they're going to work up here. That's basically how this play is going to work. That's how duo works, right? And so what happens on this particular play is th they don't get a great double team here from a finishing standpoint, Vince, because this guy ends up coming off the blocks. But Michael Mayer hit this dude. So he actually hit. So they came off a double team. They're double teaming this guy. Michael Mayer hit Mitch Eleven so hard that he sent Mitch Eleven's back into the backside backer. Go <laughs> <laughs> like, watch the play. But anyway, but what happened was they got a great drive. They really drove mm -hmm. that guy inside before he came off, right? They got a decent double team here. They ended up losing this guy late, Vince. But here's here's kind of what happened. So you had this you had this going on here, and what they did was is they they pulled the guard. So it looked like a G rap play, but they actually it was just duo bringing a backside, bringing a backside guard. So by bringing this receiver down here. OK, by bringing the receiver down here, they use the receiver to seal the backside edge, which meant they could block down here, block here. And then they'd have they'd have those gaps secured. So they would have the A gap secured by the center, the B gap secured by the tackle. And then the receiver would protect the edge, the backside edge. Right. And so what they did was in this instance, Vince, is they they created the extra edge. They created <clears> the <throat> extra gap. So you have the A gap here. B gap here, C gap there. Now you have a D gap with an attached guy. They get that double team, and then they brought Jarrett Patterson around this way. Mm -hmm. So now they went from having num a, a number sort of dis like kind of even numbers. You have one, two, three, four against one, two, three, four with a guy here. So Notre Dame was able to then get even numbers play yeah, side. The, guy from the other side, yeah. Right. And they did it by doing three things. One, adding a second tight end here. So what they were doing in the past, Vince, is the tight end would be where, where Styles is. Mm -hmm. And then he'd bring him around that way. Yep. Yep. And so it's the tight end that was that sort of that that protect the bounce. So the tight end's coming around. So if they bounce the run, they have that tight end kind of working around, right? So what they did was is they put the tight end here. And these two guys were basically responsible for setting the edge. And you created the extra gap. By putting the receiver here, you then could get him here. That's the third thing they did. So created the extra gap here with, with the at tight end over. They protect the protected the backside edge because this is a downhill run, Vince. And if this if the receiver's not there, this guy is down tight and he's crashing that hard and cleaning that up, right? But all Styles has to do is get in his way. Yep. Get in his way. That's Just it. Make sure he doesn't catch up to the back right. from behind. I mean, that's that's right. what you're doing. And then the third thing they did is you brought Jarrett Patterson over to get numbers back. Really, really well designed play. And so, if y'all go back and watch this play live, and I really wish we could show live plays, Vince. I really, really do. I know what you would find is is that they were able to take an, a, a ten man box and turn it into their advantage. Because if you look at what they did here, because this is sort of a balanced formation because there was a receiver backside. So you have mm -hmm. two skill guys here, technically, yep. and then a, a yeah. second skill guy there. So yeah. Clemson kind of treated this like sort of a, hey, let's get a, a number. So Clemson's got one, two, three, four, five, and then one, two, three, four, five. 
And so Notre Dame said, okay, you're going to treat that as a balanced look. Then we're going to do this to get in an unbalanced right. alignment post-snap. Yep. And it was a great call. I mean, great play design and great call. And then Estime read it perfectly. Estime comes off the ball, Vince. He see, Or is this Logan Diggs? This is Logan Diggs, excuse me. He comes down and sees that they just – the surface on the – the edge surface has been moved way – just blown inside. And he immediately comes here. He sees that this block wasn't great, and he just bounces it and gets right behind Jared Patterson. You know, and um, I thought it was I thought it was incredibly well done, incredibly can well you, executed, and incredibly well done. Can you uh, tell the chat when this play took place? There, I think some people um, look, look it up if you yes. got that handy. So I can try to find it. Give me one second because I marked this down as a G rap play initially. And let me that's find that's what it, it looks like quick. with Patterson. It was the, the it was yeah. the first play of the fourth series. So I believe this is in the second quarter. And they had they started the ball at the at the their own 47 yard line. So first first play of the fourth series. And then the next play they ran duo and got seven yards, right? So I actually wrote down at the time bench G rap because the way that they were blocking it looked like just a right. G rap, like an old G rap right. play. You see Patterson coming around the corner. Yeah. Right, but it looked like Patterson bounced it because the way it was blocked. And then when you break it down, you realize this is just a different way to get to duo, which I thought was really creative. So Vince, that was that was one example of yeah. of just again them being really creative and and getting to uh saying, okay, if teams are gonna play us with numbers, here's ways that we can do based on how Clemson lines up, because Clemson tried to line up, you know, really um, you know, balanced early on. And and tried to, you know, just they thought their dudes were as good as Notre Dame's dudes, and, well, and they weren't. And it allows you, it allows you if you're if you're uh, Tommy Reese, it allows you to do what you want to do, right? But doing it in a creative way, you know what I mean? Right. So that's where. And look, we've always said how smart Tommy is, X's and O's wise, well, right? And, right. And and we know what he wants to do. The problem is it just felt like he was beating his head against the wall at times and everybody else knew what he wanted to do too. This takes that concept and just adds what we like to call the fluff. It adds, you know, the the window dressing and it also adds the schematic advantage to use the term from our buddy Chuck Weiss, but it it adds to that but it allows Tommy to do what he wants to do but in a better way, which I dig it, man. I wish it didn't take until week eight to do all of that or week nine or whatever uh, to do that. But he did. And I hope I see more of that moving forward because I it was that's what you're trying to do all the time offensively is you're trying to out well and defensively. You're trying to out leverage the other team. You're trying to win the numbers game, right? It's that's how the RPOs work. If it and we'll talk about this defensively, but that's how RPOs work. You want to go where the numbers aren't. Well, this right. provides numbers to make the defense wrong, essentially. And, you know, we talk about execution, the offense executed, which is fantastic. So I'm going to do an, another thing that I thought they did, Vince, and Marcus Freeman talked a little bit about this after the game. And one of the things that they did in this game against Clemson is, again, Clemson is a team that's that's known for being a sign-stealing operation. Mm-hmm. So one thing that Nardine did is we've been saying, what, ban the scan. And they did some ban the scan stuff, right? I mean, they did some scan stuff, excuse me, Very little, on though. third down, but it yeah. was, wasn't was a ton. What they did was they lined up, they got in a huddle, and then they lined up. And it, this is what, again, this is what we've been calling for. 
when you just line up, call a play and line up, then you can motion and shift and you don't give them time to respond. Correct. And and Clemson's a team that likes to kind of get your tendencies. They see where you're lined up. They make their calls. And I thought this was a, a great job of knowing who your opponent is and going after your opponent. Because, Vince, what's been one of the criticisms we've had of Tommy Reese this year? It's it's like you're just running your stuff. It doesn't seem like you're really putting a lot of effort into what are they doing. Right. And that it's was just, not the case against do. Clemson. Yes, this was a This was a we're going right after the things they do. We're going to take advantage of things that they do. And they did a great job, and this next play is going to be an example of that. Go ahead, Vince. And I was going to say, that's also, and you're kind of going along the same line, that's why they were huddling and running to the line quickly. Yeah. So they didn't allow Clemson to get set up. So they know how Clemson operates defensively, right? And mm-hmm. they know that Clemson likes to adjust based on your formations and, and how you do things. And when you're running the scan offense, that allows Clemson to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They totally went against, again, they went against right. what their tendency is. They huddled right. and they would quickly get to the line and they would just go. What have we said? You've got to know your own tendencies if you want to make right. sure that the, and yes. use them against the opponent. So here's right. an example of, of what we're talking about here. So this was the first play of the second half. Okay. Notre Dame is backed up at their own five yard line. So actually I want to get the, I want to get the other play. There was actually a, there was two plays here. So just give me a second to, um, to do this here just let me pull this down because there was two looks because they did a they did a pre-snap motion and i just put the post-snap movement in there so just give me one second to put the pre-snap look in there okay so this is the pre-snap look that notre dame gave clemson here okay so notre dame is in actually in in 20 12 personnel here all right so you've got michael mayer out wide this is michael mayer right here okay so he's out in a trips formation so as you can see, Clemson's got their rover out here. They got their mic here, their will here, safety, safety, corner, corner. And then they've got their front, okay? Again, pretty balanced front, right? Mm-hmm. So they just got the rover out there. So then at the snap, Notre Dame motions, they don't even motion, they shift Mayer across because a motion is you you move. A a shift is where you 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 move and stop. Then you set, right? you get set. So they the moved Michael May over here to get back to what we said before, Vince, which is create that extra gap to the call side. And then after they motioned Mayer, they then brought Jaden Thomas back into a wing in a quick motion. So this play then looks like, let me get to that other look. This play gets to this. Mm-hmm. Does this look familiar? Right. So then what happens is he goes there. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he motions down. And now all of a sudden it's starting to look you're, a little bit familiar. Right. Vince? Back to what right? you were doing in the first. Now place. all of a sudden. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. exactly the play that we showed before. Right. But now but you've gotten to it in a completely yeah. different way. Exactly. Okay. And so then what happens is, is Clemson lines up like this. Then they, this guy motions here, this guy motions here, and then the, the 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 backer comes in. Okay, and then so what happens on this particular play is you you ended up you ended up missing a block here. So, but you had a you had a great double team here for Mitchell Evans and 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 Michael Merritt. They they blew Miles Murphy off the ball. They drove him back here. He ended mm-hmm. up stopping here. So you reset the edge because so what was happening a lot with these bounces is they would they they wouldn't necessarily have all great blocks because again Clemson's guys are pretty good too, but because they were winning on the edge, the linebackers and the inside guys were flowing into traffic and there's they couldn't get outside. 
So on this particular play, Vince, Zeke Corral does a great job here. But this double team here, they miss. And Tyler Davis actually slants across. He actually slants across. Uh, I, I think he went this way and got free. What happened was two two things happened. And then Jaden Thomas motions here, and then he becomes the lead. Mm-hmm. So remember before, it was Jarrett Patterson that was the lead blocker. They're just doing it with the same concept, right. different way. You got to the same alignment with different pre-snap movements, and all of a sudden the thing happens, and you get outside. And then what happens is Esther, Logan Diggs, again, comes down, and then Logan Diggs actually sees Tyler Davis come free and he immediately bounces, and there was nobody out there. Right. And it's about the easiest twenty yards he's gained, and oh, it, yeah. was gr- it was it was great, yeah. great scheme, great des- it was great design. It was smart to not to go away from sort of the 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 looks of you know just line up and then scan and then get the call and then do this and then do that. Get in the huddle, line up, make your shift. Make your motion, bam! You run the play, and Clemson doesn't have time to react. Right, and then it also requires some good blocking to happen, and it requires a great read from the running back. Mm-hmm. And that is something that that we said the backs played well. After breaking down the film, Vince, I am not being hyperbolic at all when I say this. This was the best running back performance I've ever seen from Notre Dame backs as a unit. And it's not just the yards; it's the way they got those it was yards. The manner it was the making manner, guys yeah. in the miss. There was one particular play where Audric Estime is running in is running duo, and and the hole opens here, and the Clemson defensive back does a great job of getting off his block and bouncing back out into the gap that that Audric and at, on a dime he cut back out into the hole, and you're like, dude, like you can't teach that. Like, mm-hmm. that's just a guy with great instincts. Uh, Logan Diggs had several great reads. Chris Tyree had had great reads when he was in the game. Their, their patience, their decision-making, and their ability to get through tiny little holes, because that's what it's going to yeah. be like against Clemson. They're, You're not going to blow yeah. Clemson off the ball like you do other teams. The right. holes were like this. And there was the one where it, man. there was one where Logan Diggs kind of made his body go like this yeah. to get you through get the hole. And he did a great job of getting skinny and breaking an arm tackle at the same time going through the hole. And and the thing is, once you get through the hole, you're one tackle away. I mean, you 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 get to that next level, and if things are being blocked correctly, you've blocked the linebackers and you've blocked the defensive line. You just need to make a safety miss or whatever. And I can tell you right now, with on good authority, that the secondary for Clemson. Uh, was utilizing the ice packs on the plane ride home, man, because they were getting absolutely run over. Now, they were making tackles, don't get me wrong, but they were getting absolutely punished by these running backs in this game, and it was it was, it was was great, man. It was I, great. I would have had to pull a hamstring about the second quarter. <laughs> oh, <sighs> about the second or third time, Audrick Estime would have trucked me. I'd have been like, oh, hammy, hammy. Oh, gosh. You know? Because they were taking the brunt of just yeah. Audric and Logan. And, well, you it, know, we talked about this last night. There were times where Logan was running the ball and it looked like Audric was running the ball. I couldn't that's, tell the difference. That's how – Because – I mean, he was just running with such authority right. last night. Right. It, it was it was really impressive, Vince. Yeah. 
And the, the thing too is about it, Vince, is it's not just, it's not just that, you know, they're, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. It's not just that, like they, they, they ran with authority and the physicality and they ran over defensive backs. I mean, there was a play that you and I talked I about at the time yeah. and I went back and watched it again. It was a, it was a short yardage play where a defensive tackle slanted into the hole. Peyton Page. I'm going to look up and see how big Peyton Page is. He was a highly ranked recruit. He was a big-time recruit uh, coming out of high school. Uh, He's a defensive tackle, Tackle. I believe. Let me look. Yes, he's a defensive tackle. He is 6'4", 315 pounds. I'm going to tell you what Peyton Page was coming out of high school. He's a true freshman, so he's just a year younger than – no, I'm sorry. He's a sophomore. So he is in the same grade as Logan Diggs and Audrick Estime. I believe it was estimate, but again, it all kind of blends together. Uh, Peyton Page was a top 100 recruit coming out of high school. He was the number 105 overall player, according to the on three consensus. He was ranked as the number 32 overall player in the country by ESPN and the number 54 overall player in the country by rivals. He was actually ranked 94th in the country by the 247 composite. He slants into the hole. And Hunter Estime sees him and just puts a shoulder. This is about a yard and a half behind the first down sticks. And he just bulls him past the line, past the first down sticks. Just ran the defensive tackle over. And so you look at that and say, boy, that's just great toughness and all that. And it was. But the thing that I was, so, you know, again, it's hard to see this when we're up top, way up top. Yeah. But when you pop in the film, you're like, they, they played a great physical game. But Vince, they played a great mental game too. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the vision, the feel, the the, the decision making, and all those type of things was just excellent. Yeah, yeah. I could no not have been more it. impressed. Could not have been no more impressed. It. And there was and now there it was, was no drop off, no matter who the running back no. in the game was. That was the best mm-hmm. part. I mean, because usually you put a third down back in, or you you know you got to give your guy a breather. I mean, you can't just you know, for example, you can't just ride right. Audric the entire game. You got to put somebody in. Usually, there's a bit of a drop off. You're like, okay, well, they're not going right. to be able to do this, or they're not going to be able to do that. Not the case. <laughs> like there was right. no drop off, no matter which of the three guys that were in there. And and I know this is the macro version of the whole thing, but all three of these guys could come back, and yeah. you're loading in some new talent as well. It's right. like, what? <laughs> maybe they right. can play with two footballs. I don't know. You, you want to talk about something that was impressive, Vince? On if you look, so Logan <clears throat> Diggs had 114. Total yards, 6.7 yards per touch. Audrick Estime had 104 yard, total yards eighteen on 18 plays, 5.8 yards per touch. Chris Tyree had 52 yards of total offense, 5.8 yards per touch. And it was just like it, it, like you said, it didn't matter who it was. Yeah. You put him in there, they're going to make plays some way, somehow. Tyree did it more. You know, He had the inside zone and then some duo runs, but then he also got outside on a couple well-designed perimeter plays. I'm going to say something else. Here is a criticism – that that I have of the game to a degree. And that is they should have gone back to 21. And moving forward, 21 has to, with Tyree in the game, because here's what was happening. We saw the plays, Vince, where he kind of came out in motion and made plays on the perimeter. But did you notice, especially in, this, in, in the first half and a little bit in the second half, they would motion him and Clemson would move out and they would just hammer Estime right yeah. up inside. Estime yep. digs right up inside. Yep. You have to utilize that more. And, and I'm hoping that what we saw Saturday was a taste of that, you know, that they're going to go back to the 21 because that has been their most 
efficient big play alignment all year, pass and run. When they get Tyree in the game with another back, and then there's a lot more things you can do out of that. I hope that that was a building block towards using that more moving forward because that was a really impressive – I mean, dude, go 22 personnel. Because right. you could you can put those you know can put Tyree out in the slot if you you know with another receiver and, and there's things you can do with it. So I, I I liked that. Now again, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. The reality is is Notre Dame scored 28 offensive points. Excuse me, Notre Dame scored 21 offensive points, and and that's it, right? So again, that was that was what they needed to, to win. And it you know you look you you're not going to get as many drives when you have a blocked punt for touchdown and a defensive touchdown, right? You're you're not going back on the field right. in those instances, right? But there were missed opportunities in this game to, to do more offensively. This is the second game in a row they've blown a team out where their offense <laughs> failed to get more than you know score in the 30s. Now. Another one of Notre Dame's touchdown drives was a was a short field, so Notre Dame had a obviously had the blocked punt return. Then they went on a nice long drive. Then their third touchdown was only a fourteen yard touchdown drive, and you know that that was one that came off of a, a short uh, the um, Benjamin Morrison interception. So the offense only put two drives together the whole game that were over. 14 yards on touchdowns. They had a 75 yard touchdown drive late and a 70, 78 yard touchdown early. So the offense still isn't consistently moving the ball en- enough. Sure. The big part of it is, is the pass game still not there yet. Again, it, it needs to get better, but there were some missed opportunities. I, I talked about before that there's, they've got to figure out ways to just tell Tommy or Drew Pine, Hey dude, get to the third step. There's zero cover zero, cover one, get to your third step and just throw it as far as you can outside of the device and let him go make the play. Put right. some touch on it, drop that sucker over there. They're going to have to do that. And he's going to have to hit some of those plays, but there was some other stuff. I actually thought Tommy Reese's design game plan was good. There was comeback routes that were open that drew was going too late. He was just rushing through his progressions events. He wasn't patient. And this play is a perfect example. I'm going to, I'm going to draw this. I'm going to bring this up real quick. Now, this is why this matters. This play Say first and 10 play. It was on the drive that Blake Groupie missed the field goal. Yeah. So they didn't get points here. Okay. So Notre Dame comes out and they are in 13 personnel. Actually, yes, 13 personnel because that's Braden Lindsay's right here. So they got a tight, they got Lindsay here. And then you can see they've got a tight end to the top. So there's a tight end up here and, and tight end here and a tight end here. Now, I really like this play call, Vince, because it looked to me like they were trying to go to somebody other than Michael Mayer here. So, again, yeah. what have I been critical of Tom Maurice for? So here's what happened on this particular play, Vince. Okay, So you had Mayer here. Mayer comes across on a on a crossing route. Yep, shallow. Okay, And he steps on the linebacker's toes. And guess what the linebackers did? They stayed on Mayer. This safety opened his hips and flew that way. And what they did was, is you had – you had um, so let me let me show you. So you've got a backer here, and then four linemen, backer, backer, and then the safety came down. So the safety came down over top because this is a very run heavy alignment, very heavy run tendency here. So again, what have we what have we asked Coach Reese to do? Know your own tendency so you know how teams are going to play you, and then you can attack them. And this is exactly what he did here. Okay, this was a great play design, great great play call here, Vince. Okay, so what ends up happening is 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 Mitchell Evans gets a wide release here, gets vertical. This guy opens up with him, and then Mitchell goes to the middle of the field. Braden Lindsey flies off the ball and takes the top off the defense. Mm-hmm. Safety bails. 
and then Mitchell bends it right behind this guy. Linebacker stayed here, and there's an opening right here. Really nice opening on this play, yeah, Vince. Because where Drew, Drew looked at it. If you look at it from the tight, Drew looked at it. He looked right at it, and he just went away from it too soon. He showed no anticipation on the play. If he sticks with that for just a half a second, and as soon as Mitchell Evans breaks inside, just throw that ball out over the middle, and bam, there it is. Mm-hmm. And he catches that. I mean, look where he's at, Vince. He breaks this thing off. He's inside the 10-yard line. Absolutely. He catches With a chance that ball. to score. I mean, your momentum's heading into right. the if end Right. If he can run over this free safety. safety right here. Yeah, you got a right. safety to beat. And so Mitchell's there. I mean, good, well-designed play. It's there. Drew's just got to hit it. I mean, yeah. it's as simple as that. Drew's got to hit that, Vince. Yeah. And, you know, it, it. it's he saw it. He just lacked the patience and the right. anticipation to just throw it out there because he's not confident yet. Now, right. I'm hoping that some of the throws he did hit later in the game mean next week when that play gets called, because this was called early. Later in the game, he hit Mayer on the on the wide fade. He hit Jaden Thomas on the comeback. He hit a couple plays later. You hope that this is something they go back to and, and he comes back to it because that's the difference between in a game like, you know, let's say Clemson did play its game and played better. You know, if you play Clemson 10 times, I don't think you blow them out like this 10 times. I just don't sure. think that's how it goes. That's not how football works. You know what I mean? No, it's it's like we talked about last year. Georgia, Alabama play one time. Bama blows Georgia out. They play the next time. Things don't go that way. 2017, Auburn beats the mess out of Georgia. And yeah. then they play later in the year in the SEC title, and Georgia beats the mess out of Auburn. Right? It, it's just how football works. On, on Saturday, Notre Dame was clearly the better team. Do I think Notre Dame would probably beat Clemson more than Clemson beat Notre Dame this year? I do think so. And that's why I said all week I thought that Notre Dame was going to win this game. But it's a thing where you look at it and you say, if you're going to beat these teams when they're playing better, these are the kind of plays you have to make. Because you went from missed field goal by a guy who hasn't been super accurate this year to potentially first and goal inside the ten. And those are just the plays you have to make. People say, oh, your expectations are high, whatever the, whatever the case may be. Those are simple throws that I know Drew Pine can make. We have seen him make them. It, that's literally almost the same exact type of ball we saw him hit against North Carolina and the same kind of ball we saw him hit against BYU. And that, This isn't a it, lack of a talent thing. And, and this is He's just not confident right now. Throwing the that's scene what it is. is not a difficult throw. No. It, Vince, we saw him. We saw him hit the seam for a touchdown right. to Lorenzo Styles in, yeah. against North Carolina. We saw him throw three gorgeous seams against BYU. Right. Against so much tighter coverage than was right there. Right. It's, it's not that's a talent not thing. Issue. It's in his head. <clears throat> and my hope is that later in the game, Drew hit a couple really nice throws, and he was doing the Connor McGregor swagger. I'm hoping that that stuff kind of is the the swing to say, "Hey, you can do this, dude. You can do this." Right. Right, and and that's the thing and that allows him to say, "Hey, I'm going to start playing with more confidence." That throw he made to Jaden Thomas was a, as good as it gets, to be honest with you, because he could have taken the check down to, I believe it was Michael Mayer was on the shorter route, but he got his body flipped. He threw that ball to Jaden Thomas, and it was right on the money, right exactly where it needed to be. So, if there's anybody that's thinking he doesn't have the physical talent to do something, that should erase that from your minds because that was the best throw I've seen him make, to be honest with you. It was on the run. It was the wrong side. He had to turn his shoulders. I mean, that was a fantastic throw put right where it needed to be. And it was a gutsy throw because he could have thrown it underneath and he decided to go deep with it. 
that that was that was great, man. That actually really impressed me. That throw, and, and that was that one. That one was fun to watch. Something you brought up, Vince, too, that we didn't talk about earlier. The last thing that we liked for the second week in a row, we're seeing a lot more of Tobias and Dion playing together. Tobias Merriweather and Dion playing personnel. Together. Personnel. Yeah. I mean, it, the guys who are deserving to play are playing, and you, for whatever reason, you can you can take that definition for whatever you want. For deserving, but the personnel packages that I saw on on Saturday night were the guys who should be on the field, right? Tobias mm-hmm. Merriweather had a ton of snaps. Deion Colsey had a ton of snaps. They deserve to be in there. They're blocking their mm-hmm. butts off. They're catching the ball when it comes near them. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Jaden Thomas had a ton of snaps. He deserves to be out there. He's doing what he's been asked to do, right? Uh, Lorenzo Styles did not have a ton of snaps. Would you say he had eleven snaps all, 11. all game? Yeah, he didn't play a whole lot after that drop. No, and guess what? That's he's called fighting accountability, the ball. and that's fine. Fighting the ball, he's and fighting he'd the ball. Be the first one to tell you he probably doesn't deserve to play. I would point. hope so. I mean, I would hope so. I'm very happy that they're not just running guys out there to run them out there. Well, anymore. and even before Lorenzo dropped that ball, you, they were putting Dion and, and Tobias out there. That If right. you're going Absolutely. to be right. a power running team, you need to get your big receivers on the field more and give them more chances to get the ball. That's what yeah. these next two weeks need to be about. Yep. I, I, you know, Yes, you could run for 400 yards against Navy, mm-hmm. but does that make you better and get you ready to go beat USC and then maybe get into a, a, a bowl game and win that bowl game? I don't think it does. Especially if a team gets a month to prepare for you when you're just running the football. Right. And we get people say this, and, and I'm just going to have to disagree with this. Cooper Bowen says, Pine can only be coached up so much until there's nothing more he can do. And as much as I hate to say it, it is what we are seeing. Again, what I'm asking him to do, that throw, I pulled that throw up specifically because we have seen him hit that throw at least three times this season. This season, right? Not in high school, not last year. This season, we've right. seen him hit those throws. It's yep. in his head. And they're just neat. And this is up to Drew at this point in time. I mean, Coach Reese has got to keep coaching him up and, and find ways to get him comfortable with this. But he's got to just say, man, just trust the system, pull the trigger, get the ball out. He did that better in the second half. He did. I just hope that that was the springboard to maybe get him yeah. more confident to where the next game he's willing to take that throw. Right, because if he can start just hitting a couple of those, those are simple throws that Division three quarterbacks that I've coached can make. Okay, I'm sorry, it's not that hard of a throw. And if you think it's because Drew doesn't have the talent to make it, you're just you're missing you're missing the the boat here. I'm sorry, you just right. are. Right, it's in his head. It's in his head. So I just wanted to kind of to point that out. We don't really do we're not doing like a we'll answer super chats later, but you know just want to kind of get to that. So. If they can start hitting some of that stuff, Vince, offensively, this is going to be good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, Drew can hit those. He can. Right. He just – Physically, whatever, he can. You know, Mentally, yes. he can't right Physically, now. He that's can. the, yes, that's the thing. Yeah. Vince, let's talk about the Notre Dame defense. Yeah. When I broke down the defense, Vince, and I know you, you and I talked about this before the show, I thought the linebackers played well live. I thought Benjamin Morrison played well live. They both graded out even higher on the film. Yes. Oh, J.D. Yes. Bertrand and Maris Luafau on Saturday against the best team they've played since the season opener were the guys we thought they were going to be coming in the season. And it's now the second game in a row that they've been that. You got to, and they were good against 
UNLV, they just had a couple miss miscues that result in a big place, but that UNLV started it. They were mm-hmm. great last week and they were great. I mean, I'm not talking about they were good. They were great last night. Marist was as, I mean, man, Vince, I'll let you get into it, man. But we talked about JD last night, instinctive, flying around, making plays. Like the tackle for loss he had, he was run stunting into the A-gap. Mm-hmm. And then they saw the jet sweep and he just quickly yeah. veers out and makes the play yep. behind the line. You I mean, saw last night beautiful. what we were saying all year. It's not about athleticism. They're not slow. They're playing slow. You remember when I explained that, Vince? There's a difference mm-hmm. between being slow and playing slow. Absolutely. The last two weeks you're seeing that. They were never slow. They were playing slow. You saw and, JD's ability to run last night. And right. the big, the, the, and, and, but the one I want to focus on is we saw last night what Maris Luafau can be when he is, this is what I'm doing. Yes, I know what I'm doing. Singularly motivated is the best way to put it. Singularly focused. Focused. Singularly focused. Yes. And that's, and I give a lot of credit to Al Golden in week nine for knowing his personnel and knowing how they are going to be effective in his defense. Okay. I'm also going to give a little assist to Marcus Freeman because it just so happened that the light went on. The week after Stanford, when Marcus Freeman had that talk with his coordinators and say, we got to scale back a little bit. All right, and well, kudos to Al Golden so, for listening. Yeah. Kudos so, to Al Golden for listening. The, like the, the first half against Syracuse, the entire game against Clemson, it was a very well-called game where he was bringing guys from all over the place. They knew their job and what they had to do, and they were able to execute that job at a high level. I, I'm telling you, this defense can be absolutely dynamic when it is called properly, right? right? This is not a read and react. And I'm talking about the linebackers at the mm-hmm. moment. This is not a read and react style of defense that they're not mm-hmm. going to, they're not going to flourish in that defense. Go. They need to be coming downhill right now, whatever their you know assignment is a gap, B gap outside, whatever it is. And then they can adjust on the fly. Yeah. That's what you saw yesterday. And Clemson didn't know what to do with these guys. The offensive line was, they were just seeing blue blurs come by, you know, or they were actually getting stood up and chucked off to the side with the momentum that these linebackers, I mean, Mm -hmm. the other thing that the linebackers weren't doing is they weren't directly taking on blocks like they've done so many times in the past. They were using their momentum to their advantage. They weren't squaring guys up and allowing themselves to be blocked. They were, going off, you know, however you want to say it, they were going off half of the block and they were getting through and they were going cross face and they were doing all the things that you don't want to do as an offensive lineman, allowing these guys to cross their face and all these different things. That's what Notre Dame was doing to Clemson. They weren't allowing Clemson to do anything to them. Right. And it was so much fun. I mean, they were absolutely flying to the football. And speaking of that, as a team, the swarming defense. Yeah was so much better last night than it's been all season. You had guys stepping up and holding guys up, and then all of a sudden there was five blue shirts, you know, cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. We we haven't seen it to this degree all year, and that right. was just beautiful. I mean, it was team defense. And we talk about how the offense feeds off each other when it comes to blocking. When you're swarming to the football, those guys feed off that too. Again, football is the ultimate team sport. And when everybody's flying around and everybody's flying to the football and everybody's swarming, 
it, it it pays off and it and it rubs off and it is so so much fun to watch man if you mm-hmm. go back and you watch this game there are multiple guys on almost every tackle and mm-hmm. once the guy goes down there's still guys coming to the tackle we haven't seen that man we haven't seen that to this degree this year and that was that was great i mean that was just so great I think another thing too, Vince, is I really felt like this was one of the best games that I saw from this defensive staff as far as just being inside the head of the opposition. Yeah, they I, knew I, I they really knew did. they yeah. knew what Clemson wanted to do offensively, yeah. and they're like, "Go ahead, but we're going to make you do what we want you to do yeah. within what you want to do." If that makes yep. sense, and we can no, explain absolutely. that too. But uh, yeah, I thought was there was a lot of thing. things that they did yesterday where they were basically baiting Clemson into doing certain things, baiting him into throwing, pulling it yep. out. You know, throwing so it outside, bubbles. right? And Notre Dame forced they, like, them to do that. Yes, exactly. And I just felt like it was one of those games where they wanted to make this a perimeter game mm-hmm. because they felt their athletes were better. And I think this is one of the things I said last night. What is missing? <clears throat> when I said earlier that if they played ten times, we wouldn't get the same result. That's just not how football works, right? But I think the more repeatable – I think the thing that would be tougher to repeat is the per- t- performance of the run game. I don't know if you can repeat 263 every single time you play. Sure. Right? Because it was so it was so well-designed and so well-executed, and there were such little holes. It just takes one little thing by the defense to improve, and, and it gets better. What we saw from the Notre Dame defense against the Clemson offense was far more repeatable. Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame had better players. And whereas the, the offense defense matchup in the box is a lot tighter. Now I will say this, if, if, you know, you play on a dry field or in, in a non-windy day, then maybe Notre Dame could have maybe even more successful, you know, with some different things. Anyway, that's a different conversation for a different day. Cause we don't know mm-hmm. if that would have been the case. Cause it didn't rain. I mean, it, it was windy, but I feel like what we saw last night was, was more repeatable. I thought Clemson's line actually played well. I thought they blocked hard. They were assignment sound. When Notre Dame made plays up front, they just beat them. Mm-hmm. I mean, just Jason Adamiola is just better than any of the, the guards of the center for Clemson. I mean, <laughs> right. those guys just going to block them. I mean, they right. were doing what they're supposed to do. They were just going to block them. I thought their tackles had a good game. But the Notre Dame players play with great angles on the edge, Vince. They set the they set the edge effectively. They spilled, they wanted to spill everything back inside. This is what the game plan was, Vince. Run game wise, they wanted to funnel everything back inside of the inside. Pass game wise, they wanted to funnel everything outside of the to the perimeter. And they pulled it off beautifully well. Yep. And it required the end, the ends to be great setting the edge every single time. And they were. Because what the reason that's important, Vince, is is you'd see Will Shipley kind of getting through the first level and you think, uh-oh, and then somebody was just right there because they had mm-hmm. condensed the box by how hard they were setting the edge. What Clemson wants to do is get a little bit more of a stretch to when he does make that vertical He's got a call, hole. That vertical cut. Well, not only the hole, but now that backside linebacker is about two more feet further away, right? right. and now he's bam because Will Shipley and, is explosive. Yes. But it was all so tight. Yes, it was so tight that they weren't able to get through there. And then, of course, this game plan, here's the thing too, Vince. Linebackers played great. Mm-hmm. They were they were great. But a big key to this game too was the play of the Notre Dame corners. Bingo. And that's and, that and is I'm talking so about important. The, we'll get to the downfield coverage in a second. No, no, but yeah, they, whipped, 
They whipped <laughs> the receivers from Clemson all game long. Yes. Like, I mean, Cam Hart, he got beat a couple times in the past game. And, they, you know, and Benjamin gave up a couple comebacks. You know, Jaden Mickey gave up a couple comebacks, you know, against off coverage. But they ate up the perimeter stuff. I mean, and the only time Clemson had positive gains on the perimeter stuff is they had to hold. They were blatant holds. I mean, Cam was beating them so bad inside up the field that they just yanked them back. And it was just, you could not call that, you know? I thought Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart's ability to come up and be physical on the yeah. edge yeah. was a huge part of last night's game. Well, and, and because – and we had – we've had issues all season with open field tackling by the secondary, with safeties, right. corners, the whole deal, right? That was not the case last night. They right. If they didn't flat out make the tackle themselves, they held it up or made the, the, right. uh, the ball carrier hesitate long enough – for that swarm to come over. Like, right? what, what did Jesse say last night, right? Just hang on. Hang, hang on to on. their legs until somebody yep. comes over, you know, and, and that's what you do. And that's what they did, and they weren't whiffing in space. And, look, if I'm Clemson and I'm putting together a game plan against Notre Dame, I want my guys with the ball in space because I think right. I can make Notre Dame miss, right? right. Notre Dame didn't miss last night. And, yep. you know, sometimes the game plan doesn't work. And right. they kept going outside, kept going outside, hoping to find somebody that was going to miss a tackle. And that didn't happen. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, Benjamin, it was one where Benjamin Morrison got run over, but he held on. Yep. And it was long enough for two other guys to come and finish off the play. Because it was a big tight I think end. it was JD, right? Wasn't JD one? He yes. drilled him right in the back. Yep. Drilled him in the back. It was the it was 84. It was Allen. It was the big tight yeah. end, right? And it was a bubble screen. And uh, Morrison beat his guy, got run over. I mean, he got hit hard. But he held on yeah. long enough. JD came over and cleaned it up, yeah. and boom, there you go. It was like a five-yard game. It was definitely a weight room day for Benjamin Morrison. It's going to be one of those things where, like, <laughs> dude, you're great. You're a great talent, but here's right. why you got hit the weight room. Absolutely. Right? The other thing about the corner play, especially with Benjamin Morrison, he was so good on vertical coverage because what oh. we said we said this during our week, during the week, Vince, and I'm not sure if you guys talked about this in, in, in your shows, but so, look, Clemson likes to throw the ball down the field. Absolutely. They're going to attack you down the field. You got a big shot. armed quarterback. And we were talking about this in the, the pregame, Vince, when we were at the tailgate. And I said, one of the advantages Clemson has, they have a big arm quarterback who can make some of those throws into the wind. Mm-hmm. And, and they try to take shots and there just was nowhere to go. You had to throw the perfect ball to get there. And that's just not who he is. That's not who right. DJ is. He's not that throw the perfect ball guy. You know, Drake may could maybe drop one or two of them in there last night. It, DJ's not. And the, the impressive thing is, and I went back and watched the all 22 and you'd see it, Vince, Benjamin Morrison was just toying with them on the outside. I mean, he was like, he was, he was hip to hip. He was right in front of them because again, they, they wanted to, they wanted to not prevent the, they wanted to not, they wanted to force the back shoulder this week. Cause DJ right. doesn't throw that ball real well. They right. wanted to not let him throw it downfield. Hence the and, and he did a great job of that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he stayed with them, and and you know, the only thing that helped, there was a lot of pass interference penalties. I didn't think I thought all but one of them were not were bad calls. I, I would not tell my kids to do anything different, mm-hmm. you know. And and like the one on DJ Brown, who I thought you you thought played a solid game last night. You know, the, the one on him yeah. that he's got a right to that football that should not have been pass interference. All he's he did was step football. in front of the receiver. He did, yeah, he did and, not. And the, the receiver the created the contact to me. Yeah, coming back to DJ. Right. I thought the corners were excellent last night, Vince. Like this is again, this is what we thought the cornerback position could be eventually. Because right. you knew Cam Hart, Cam Hart looked 
has not been who we thought he was going to be. He hasn't even been as good as he was last year, in my opinion. But he's starting to look more and more like it. And, you know, he got beat late for a play. But I think other than that, you know, he's been getting better. I thought he played good. La- I thought he played pretty well last night. And as, uh, coverage-wise, he was great against the run and right. the perimeter screen. So I'm talking like downfield coverage-wise. But Benjamin Morrison is the kid I thought he would be, but a year ahead of schedule. Yeah. Like, I thought he would need a year. He was kind of raw in high school. You know, he's just a really athletic kid and really long kid. Mike Mickens done a great job getting that kid ready to play. And he wasn't an early enrollee either. Right. His technique, because what, what would ha- happen to Ben during the year, Vince, is he would have great cover play, great cover play, great cover play, bad footwork, beat on a slant. Great cover play, great cover play, great cover play, wrong drop pedal steps, and you get beat inside on an end cut. Right. Right. Last night, what we saw him do was technique, play after play after play after play was good technique, good technique, good technique, good technique. Mm -hmm. And man, you you liked what you saw from that man. He was he was good. Now he's going to have a game in two weeks, maybe where he doesn't make. I mean, a week ago against Syracuse, he does the wrong drop in the end zone, gets beat for a touchdown. Right. But you love to see him bounce back from that. And he bounced back in a big way. I mean, bounced back in that game, Vince. And he finished that game really strong. He got beat a couple times early and finished really strong. You know, in this game, he just came out against big corner, big receivers too, and and just was dominant. So I was very pleased with the performance there, Vince. I didn't think the defensive line played; they weren't super productive. And I thought part of that was I thought Clemson's line played well. They made plays when they needed to. They did a great job setting the edge. But the dude that I thought all night long was just Justin. Say it, Jason. Oh, okay. I thought Justin. Yeah, had just really Justin game, had dude. the really. Justin did. He had some really good flashy plays. Yeah. Uh, but the inside, Jason was just oh, unblockable. Yeah. Right. He was unblockable. Justin had some big plays. We saw Isaiah Foskey running with Will Shipley on a wheel route. I'll say it again: when your fast running back is getting ran stride for stride with mm-hmm. a six-five, two hundred sixty-five, sixty-pound defensive end, it is. It, you just don't have a lot you can do, Vince. Yeah. I thought too, and I, you know what? I meant to bring the, I meant to find this play, and I'm so mad at myself, Vince, that I didn't, that I didn't get it. But I'm going to try and find it now. One of my favorite calls of the night was the corner fire by Tariq Bracy. Oh, the sack! That was yes. Yeah, that was a brilliant, brilliant call. I'm going to see if I can find it. I might uh, be here, but here. man, it was a beautiful play. Absolutely beautiful play. It was a drive killing play. I'm trying yes, to find was. it here on my play my play sheet. Do you remember which it was? It was, uh, it was I thought it was first quarter. So it right? was, was well, he got the sack. It was 28 to seven, and it was third oh, so it was and the eight. second. Or, I mean, sorry, it was second and two. He sacks him to go to third and eight, and that's when uh, we Angalale scrambled 20 yards to the one yard line. That's not the play I'm talking about. I'm talking about the 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 corner fi- the the nickel the edge fire with Tariq Bracy, which I thought was in the first half, is the play I was referring to. So I got the I, I can't find it, unfortunately. I forgot to mark that play down. But anyway, I thought that that, that we saw. So Al Golden, I thought what I had to, what I was told during the week was that they were going to have a lot of um, they were going to have a lot of. Um, they're going to bring a lot of pressures in this game, and they did. Which I was a, I was a little, I was a little nervous about. It was the first, it was the first play of the second half, 
So that's that's where it was. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to find this here real quick. So that'll yeah. be good. So uh, I'll be amazing. able to bring it up because I want to. It was the first drive of the second half, is what I meant to say. So I, I, I thought this was a a great play, Vince. I thought, man, okay. so this is a great play call. I see, it was third and five. Yep, it was third and five. So I had, I had Bertrand. I said pressure from the outside, Bertrand. That's yeah. what I wrote down. So, yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna draw it up. And, and put on the thing because I thought this was this was a great play call. So just give me a second. I gotta connect the laptop or the computer back to our screen. <laughs> give me a second because I wanted to draw up this play. And because again, it was it wasn't like super super complicated, Vince. But it was just one of those things where you're like, man, that's just a, a great call, a great schematic call. You knew what they're trying to do, and you went against it. And it was a, it was a. I just again, it was an example of just I felt like so. What I was what I was saying was is they I was told they were going to blitz a lot this week, mm-hmm. and and you know that they had worked a lot on pressures, and I was a little nervous about that because I just this isn't sure. a team I want to blitz a lot on first and second down. But if you go back and watch the game, they actually weren't blitzing a lot on first and second down. When they were blitzing, it was on third down, and they had them in so many third and long situations last night that it's just kind of like. There, there, I mean, they, there was nothing that they could really do. I mean, there was really nothing that – that uh, this is not pulling up for me right this second. It's being a little bit, it's being a little bit uh, tricky with me here, Vince. The whiteboard doesn't want to work for, for some reason. But they, they, their third down pressures, I thought, were really sound. I, yeah. I, I thought they were really smart. They didn't bring overloads in regard to, like, bringing six guys. What they were smart is they would bring overloads from sides. And I thought they did a really good job of using Isaiah Foskey again as sort of a we know how that we know that they're going to be really worried about Isaiah Foskey on third down. We know that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to try to do things to 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 complement that. And I thought they did a great job of that last night, Vince. And um see the I'm trying to get the whiteboard going here because it looks like it is frozen. So just give me a second. I love here to get this going. You know, I know, right? When technology kind of sucks, you know what I mean. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Life is good there. But th- this play was an example, Vince. And again, it was a it was a big series because here's the deal: it's fourteen to nothing. The game is still in doubt, mm-hmm. right? This isn't a game that's like, oh, you know, Notre Dame was up twenty eight nothing at halftime, fourteen nothing. Clemson starts with the ball. This game is absolutely still in doubt. This is still a game that Notre Dame absolutely could, if they don't come out and execute mm-hmm. and play well. And what's been one of the big issues that Notre Dame has had this year, Vince? Third quarter, right? Third quarter, teams come out of the half, and they go right at Notre Dame. And so you you come out of the break, and you're like, okay, let's see what they do. Let's see how this goes. And so what you have here is this is the play that we're talking about. So it's third down and five. So what Notre Dame does is you you see this is Tariq Bracey here. Now, what I believe is I believe that this was a check. This was a blitz that was a check mm. based on the Clemson formation. And here's what I mean by that. If the if the bunch is out here, you can't bring that fire because if you bring that fire, you have to move somebody else out here or, you know, you've got one, two, then who's right. your three? Right. You, got a bu- you have to have Tariq come out. So what would have happened is Tariq would have been out here and then you'd have had JD coming off of the edge. Yeah, right. Right. Well, that leaves you a little bit vulnerable to the inside slants and different things that have been hurting you. So what they did was 
because Clemson went bunch, you saw Notre Dame adjust because JD started here. This is where JD was. They made this check. They brought them both off the edge. So you can see here JD and Tariq are both coming off the edge. Yeah. Now, Tariq is able to kind of play this game where he's like showing and then he's dropping, he's showing, he's dropping. He's playing that game because of how tight the bunch is. And then at the snap, JD actually crosses the face of the offensive tackle and Tariq comes off the edge. Now, Clemson knew, saw that Notre Dame was going to bring a, they, they know that Notre Dame is a pressure team on third down. So what Clemson did was they went trips away. And because I'm not done with what I thought was great about the call. They went trips away and they went here with Will Shipley, which, you know, they love throwing him that wheel route out of the backfield. So Notre Dame brings this overload pressure here, meaning overload from a side, but they weren't overload from numbers. Only brought five because they had Isaiah Foskey open up and run on a wheel route with Will Shipley. And so they got him here. There's no back. You've got a double edge pressure. The back is away from the blitz. That's the other thing. The black, the back is over here. So they overload this side. The tackle now has to pick us poison. Tariq comes off the edge, forces DJ to scramble to move to his right, and he gets sacked by I think it was like Justin Adamiola or JD. Um, JD. JD was JD and Jason Adamiola were the two yeah. ones that converged on the quarterback. And it was just one of those plays where Vince, yeah, it was executed well, but this is great play design because you have answers out here, right? And you've got you've got the answer here, and I mean, and you're forcing it was just and, beautiful. And, and the beautiful. other thing is you're you're forcing DJ to make a decision quickly, and yeah. that's what and you that's not do what he does because that's not what he's good at. He's he's right. just not a natural quarterback from a thinking mm -hmm. standpoint he's a great he's a or a release specimen. standpoint right right he can't he we talked about this uh during the week vince right. and, and you and i talked Pressure. about last night he's yeah. got a very long throwing motion right and he's not a natural thrower as you said which means it's a lot harder for him to speed his delivery up and speed the ball up and still be accurate right i want to wrap so got, up with you, this vince yeah. go yeah. ahead love it go ahead vince. No, i was just gonna Sorry, say you have to get no, him no. off platform you got to make him yeah you've got and, and there was there was actually there was a play early on in the game, and we think we talked about this in the post game, right? Where they didn't even get to him, but they showed that they were going to blitz. They brought it; it was picked up, and he still threw it off of his back foot, right? Because he was thinking about it being in his face. Because he's that's not a they, natural yes, quarterback. That's what they needed to do, and they did it. And they were in his head all night long. He wasn't able to sit back there and throw for four hundred yards mm. like he did against Notre Dame two years ago. He was I mean, shook by the film he saw from last week, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I do. Yeah. I do. Because he saw the because, first half film of them bringing pressure from all different yeah. angles and all and getting home and doing all these different things. And they saw a quarterback with very similar traits to what DJ Uyunglele has in the quarterback from Syracuse, and he had 35 yards in the first half. And you can right. say he was injured. You can say whatever you want. But Notre Dame was in his head, too. And right. they got into DJ's head. And it, I mean, mm -hmm. it was game over. I mean, he couldn't do anything. Vince, that's also we talked about too, where the defensive line didn't necessarily have a lot of pressure, but just like the BYU game, it's not just what he saw Syracuse from a blitzing standpoint. That's part of it. Right. But it's also because he saw Isaiah Foskey the last few games just crushing people. <laughs> right. He saw Jason Adamiola unblockable. He saw Justin Adamiola going off. He's seen right. Riley Mills, and it was in his head. That's what happened to Jaron Hall. He saw the film. He saw how, this, okay, this defensive line is really good, and it got in his head. 
I got to I got to commend the Notre Dame defensive staff as well. I thought this was one of the best coaching performances of a Notre Dame staff I've seen in a long time, just across the board, Vince. I thought the ability to out like I didn't think they out coached Syracuse on offense. I thought they just were better than Syracuse. Sure, it was an okay game plan. I thought the defensive game plan was great until they decided to go away from it against yeah, right Exactly. Yes. This was a thorough 60-minute whooping and a great game plan. We talked about we saw from Coach Reese, but, you know, we did a keys to victory. And here were my four keys to victory against Syracuse for the Notre Dame defense. Number one, tackle, tackle, tackle. They had these kids ready to play and ready to tackle at high level events on all three levels. Number two, shut down the run game. I'd say mission accomplished on that, wouldn't you, Vince? I mean, the the run game numbers for Clemson were not. Yeah. I mean, they they came to the game. They were over 180 yards on the game, Vince, and they rushed for 90. And Mm -hmm. and, and again, okay, they threw a lot. Sure. 25 carries, 3.6 yards per carry. Shut down the run game. You made them one-dimensional. But they had 191 yards passing, which. Yeah. Right. On a bunch of attempts. Number three. I didn't say hit the quarterback. I didn't say sack the quarterback. I didn't say pressure the quarterback. I said get in the quarterback's head. Not just with hits and pressures, but get him thinking he's, this is what you're going to do, but you're not. You're doing something else. They got in his head. I mean, three for three. And then the fourth one was protect the seams. Because one thing that we did not see on Saturday was Clemson hit the seam throws. Do you know why? Because Notre Dame played it really well. They had one and, throw to the and, team, and that was yep. late. That was late and in the that, game. It was late in the game, and yeah. that was an area that Clemson really likes to go after, Yeah, and Notre Dame shut it down. And and just to go back to our earlier conversation about Drew Pine and hitting the seams, right? Why does Clemson like to hit the seams? Because DJ can hit that throw it's an e- with consistency. It's an easier throw. Because it's an easier yeah. throw. That, I just wanted to make that point. Yeah. 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 There you go. So, I mean, Vince, you're talking about you nailed all four keys. They yeah. nailed all four keys. To beat Clemson, and they dominated Clemson. I mean, if it's not for officiating, that's a thirty-five-seven ball game. Absolutely. I mean, so huge kudos, who huge kudos to the Notre Dame coaching staff. Yes, on that, just a tremendous offensively. Yeah, Tommy Reese and his staff did a great job defensively. Mm-hmm. Al Golden and his staff did a great job front to back, all levels. Receiver, I mean, Chancey Stucky <laughs> getting the receivers to play at a high level, yeah. knowing they weren't going to get the ball a ton. Dylan McCullough, we were talking a lot about Harry and a lot about Coach Mickens and a lot about Brian Mason, rightfully so. But Dylan McCullough has this running back group playing at an incredibly high level right? week after week after week. And really, it was that unit that sparked this football team. It was that unit against Cal in the second quarter and second half that got this offense going. It was the running backs that sparked the, the 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 big performance against North Carolina. And then, of course, once they started running the ball against BYU, it's the backs that have been really fueling this offense. Doing a great job there. He's not getting enough recognition for the job sure. he's done. And, of course, Brian Mason is just doing a tremendous job, just right. an absolutely tremendous job. And the other thing, too, is he doesn't coach special teams by himself. Other assistants will help out with different aspects Absolutely. of special teams. Absolutely. And they're but just he does a great, great job. job of figuring out the weaknesses oh, yeah. of the opposition and going for it. Did you see the tweet that Notre Dame put out tonight? I it was texted to me during this show. So I want to I haven't had a chance to I know what he it, basically know it's the before content. the game. Yeah. He's saying when they're backed up, they will do this. And when they do this, we're gonna go get it. 
And that's exactly what happened. I mean, that's just great preparation and knowing your opponent. You know, um, love what love what he's done. He's done a great job. Mm-hmm. Vince, we're going to get to some super chats here and some questions here a little bit. But before we do, I do want to ask people, do us a favor. Hit that like button, everybody. Great, great crowd tonight. Huge audience tonight. Yeah, hit that awesome. like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. And if you're listening via podcast platform, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.